0: My little champ. am i your little pod champ
1: should we rp going on a date no because it's valentine's day <laughs> no please
0: <laughs> right.
1: i'm kind of
2: nervous for his first date really? oh look one of uh, each of us plays like like one person one person like the waiter at the restaurant <laughs> no this all is right awful. Um, no, let's leave. do
0: it. Let's do it, yeah. <laughs> I, all right, right. I'm going to be dibs the waiter. Waiter. No, waiter. No, I'm the no. waiter. I'm no, the I, waiter.
1: I already called dibs. I called no, I am I called dibs. Nobody wants to go out with me.
0: <laughs> How about we start the episode, Brandon, with your most embarrassing date
1: story? Do I have one? I don't know. Do you? Um, Let me... Tell us later. a funny... A funny romance story, Brandon. A funny romance story. Okay, I got, romance I, got story. I got one. I got one. I got one. All right. One. So, so I'm seeing this chick in high school, right? So I'm uh, seeing this broad in high <laughs> school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... and she and I worked at the same place, and my friends and I were like, "Hey, you! She likes. We like baseball. She likes baseball. Let's take her to a baseball game, like double date, triple date." Well, one of them couldn't get the triple date, so that's that's too bad. Uh, uh-huh. but it was a double date with the third guy, fifth wheeling, which is awesome. And we go to the game, and it's like, like the fifth, no, not even the fifth inning, probably like the seventh inning, and uh-huh. what it, the outfielders in the the stands throw the ball to. Uh, each other in order to like warm up and stuff and at the end of every inning they throw the ball into the crowd as like sign sort of a souvenir after they're done practicing and Mm -hmm. they throw it like right at me and i jump to get it and i miss it and i was gonna give it to i was gonna give it to her but you know it didn't work out but then anyway, I came back from the game and I was like so embarrassed because of that. And we're sitting on top of my car roof and my guy friends are watching me because we're in the back of the parking lot and they're watching me. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't have this. Mm-hmm. So I drove all the way to the front of the parking lot from wherever they, they were. And uh-huh. I, I, I kissed her, right? And uh-huh. then my guy friends come up and they're like, and how was it? <laughs> What? what and, and then well, they drove away and it was good <laughs> all right and there's well that's that's <laughs> Brandon's
2: idea of a funny romance what do you date, want me man. what do you want for me okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i
0: what guess you... i i guess i didn't really know what to expect you know i asked you for a funny date story and so well, there was you, that time you there missed was that... a ball, you kissed a girl, and then you drove in a parking lot.
1: Hey, I got another one. If you I can do this Okay, again. fine. Do another one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, where I'm at a mall with my first girlfriend, and this is like one of our first dates ever. But no, neither of us can drive yet. And uh, I, I, we were walking around, and at first it was kind of awkward because we were kind of getting used to each other as like boyfriend and girlfriend, and we're at we She's like, oh, my dad's here, I gotta go. And I'm like, no, 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 like, wait, you know? And, and we're, I, like, I walk with her to the food court where her dad is and uh, I ask her, and this was my first kiss and her first kiss, and I asked her to kiss me and she's short and she stood up on her tippy toes uh, and it was great. And then we round the corner and her dad is right there and her dad's a Marine and I got so scared. I was like, goodbye, nice to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs>
2: You disappeared Goodbye. into the night. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> All right. Well Is that better? Yeah, you getting tied into a knot by a marine, you know, I could see that happening. Brand's so.
2: like a pretzel on the feet. I'm yeah. like
1: the I'm like what Patrick looked like in that episode where they played the instrument and he got the trombone the, the <laughs> the, shoved up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one with the white sedan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Well there's a nice story to kick off. This episode is stacked. The Three, this comes wait the friday's the 13th oh friday the 13th no it's the 12th El, anyways this is the friday before valentine's day so we here at stacked we've come together to celebrate love in cinema and today my boys me, chris brandon there they are you, can, you can't see them but just imagine them there imagine them like sitting right in front of you as you're listening to this and they're waving at you right now hi say hi boys hi hello (laughs) they're there and we're here to talk about the most romantic movies that we've watched and ever experienced guys how was putting together this list was it hard or was it easy for me it was kind of easy because you know me i have a heart of stone so the ones, when it really stands out, it really stands out.
1: So I mean, for me, I, I, I love romance movies, you know. I'm a big romance guy. I'm a softie, as they'd say. Uh, <laughs> as they'd say I'm in the Greasy softie, Strangler, yeah. I'm a real softie. <laughs> Brandon's a real like, smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just going I, through all of my letterbox movies, and there were, like, probably 20 or 30 that I really liked, but... If, like, I wanted to make sure I, like, broadened it out, you know? It wasn't just, like, one or a few from a couple eras. Because, of of course, I've seen a lot of 2010s films that are romances. Not all of them are good. Right. But I feel like the more you watch of a certain era, the more likely there are to be good ones. Because you watch... It's just probability. So... I tried to diversify it a little bit and go with ones that I really love or that I think are sort of unique.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Chris, what about you? I know, I know you're telling us before the show that <laughs> these pics of yours, they might be a little familiar.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, kind of like Brandon, I'm a big, I'm a big softy too. Like I love, like yes. I love, love. I think it's, a, it's yes. such a wonderful thing. Um, so a lot of the movies that I really like have something to do on some level with love Um, and yeah so like I had a huge selection to pick from so it was kind of hard for me to to distill it down um, and give it like you know a personality that I really liked Mm -hmm. Um, kind of funnily enough the three picks that I ended up going with are actually uh, revivals of old picks that were never chosen for final stack before Um, yes so yeah, I mean, um, I'm excited to see what you guys bring to the table, especially you, Ethan. Because, um, <laughs> like I've talked to Brandon about like relationships and shit a lot before. But uh you and I never we've never really talked about this kind of stuff before. So I wanna see I wanna see yes. your take on the whole uh thing. But um
0: yeah. I'm I'm quite an enigma when it comes to this kind of stuff. So well I can't wait to hear your reactions on what I believe are some of the most romantic films I've seen.
1: There so. better not be a goddamn right. Godzilla movie on this list. <laughs> <I swear. laughs>
0: Godzilla I versus one?
1: Mothra. They are. Godzilla, they are. A couple.
0: Oh, the chemistry is so intense in that one. No, no Godzilla movies. Wait,
1: no is there any guy, familial guys. romances on this list? Familial romances? <laughs> familial. Familiar.
0: Jesus. Uh, my first pick is Cannibal Taboo. <laughs> I think um, from
2: Up on Poppy Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's an important distinction to make between like love but specifically what we're looking at i feel like we're looking at romance love oh yeah that's not, spe- not necessarily platonic love which is just as valid as a romantic like love but we're specifically looking at romance because it is a season of romance that is um valentine's day I hate valentine's that's right day. even when i dated <laughs> people i hated this
1: whole day I <laughs> but hate anyway it. why but this is valentine's what it is day? this is what it
0: is no go into it share with the viewers um, okay. Get on uh, your soapbox. Why do you
1: hate Valentine's Day? I, I just think it's a corporate-ass holiday. And, like, they say you should only, like, celebrate their, your love for your partner once in a year other than your anniversary, and it's Valentine's Day. What's so special about Valentine's Day? It's a freaking day in February. There's not much happening then. Sorry for everybody. could you say me. the same February for
0: Christmas?
1: Fridays. No. Why? Uh because you don't have to participate in the corporate spirit of christmas i feel like for valentine's day you do you gotta get the no, chocolates you, don't. I, you gotta I've go never to a restaurant there. you gotta get flowers come on it's you you can only do stuff at christmas at christmas but on valentine's day you can do those things every day of the year <laughs> okay appreciate i guess your that partners. sort of makes sense yes <laughs>
0: appreciate your partners year-round it's a good message all right well, before we get into our picks, you know the drill. Let's run through the rules. Once a week, we set our topic or theme and go our separate ways to construct our own three film stack. Then after a week, we come back here on the podcast and share our own stacks one film at a time. Then at the end of the show, we'll mix and match our nine films to make the ultimate decision what quintessential three film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store. All right, Chris, you're kicking off this episode today. So fill us in with this, your 1st uh, restack, as we call it.
2: Right. <laughs> um, well, my first pick is... A film that I chose way, way back when we first started this podcast together. It's I think it showed up in our fall movie um, selection. Um, it's a film from 2009, directed by Mark Webb. Oh, it's yes. 500 Days of Summer. Okay. Um, okay. So okay. just to recap for you guys who don't know what this movie is about. It's about a guy named Tom and a girl named Summer. Uh, hence the name and it is about him recollecting his memories of his his uh, 500 day long relationship with her um and it's told through this non-linear structure um and it's basically i i think it to be one of the most um contemporary depictions of modern romantic life um i find it to be extremely engaging in how its character designs kind of clash and go against one another and you see how um their different approaches and perspectives to romantic relationships kind of like make their relationship very like emotionally like how do i put it like emotionally like erratic i would say um for example tom is very much like your quintessential nice guy you know how um really wants to like get the girl and you know, go on dates and, like, you know, really has that, like, idealized romantic perspective. Um, But on the other hand, Summer is very much a realist and, like, has a very, like, um, a much more, like, uh, laid-off approach when it comes to romantic relationships. Um, So, obviously, these two things aren't exactly compatible, but I think that's kind of the idea with this film because it's, it's a film that details how... Difficult it is to navigate modern relationships because nowadays, especially, people are kind of I think coming into um, who coming into themselves a lot more and like they're a lot more like um, aware of who they are individually and therefore like you know they might not necessarily be looking for a long-term relationship during some form of a romantic um, you know inter like exchange with someone. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's a very, like, heart-wrenching movie, uh, especially for, I think, people like us who are um, growing up in, like, this very modern, digitized world. Um, Brandon, you and I have talked about this movie a ton before. What do you think of it? Um, I like the movie. I just don't know if I like it for
1: this list. Because I think the, the relationship here, while definitely realistic and good at capturing, I think... Uh, the modern kind of vindictive feel that certain relationships have. I think it is a little more on the pessimistic side than it is on the optimistic side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do like the movie. I think uh Zoe Deschanel's and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's chemistry throughout the film is really good. I think the comedy is really good when it's there. I think there is like a good visualization of what story of of what love in a relationship looks like when there is Mm -hmm. that when there is that there it's like sort of like the magic of the honeymoon phase is perfectly captured by the film yeah but i feel like it it's not a film that i i expressly go back to watch
2: because of their relationship because of Mm -hmm. how it goes person right no yeah i i i totally see like how like you know the film isn't it's a surprisingly like bleak outlook on like how um, emotionally distressing, I think, a lot of modern relationships can be. So Absolutely. I I guess um, I think, like, as we kind of close out the stack at the end, we'll, like, decide like if we're trying to, like, make this a very, like, flowery and, like, beautiful and euphoric kind of list, or are we trying to, like, kind of, like, gauge into that, but also talk a bit more about, like, larger notions on what modern dating is and whatnot? I don't know. If that's but, yeah, the case, I should choose, the, like, Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well surprise surprise i still haven't seen this film even though i said i was i was planning on to after you pitched it for fall movies but uh such as my way on stacked here i always promise i watch films and never do it but hey mm. now now that's been restacked now i got it i mean come on yeah uh yeah right pick yeah that's <laughs> my first pick awesome all right so my first pick uh is a French film. You know, you, you, you gotta love the French and how oh, they celebrate. It's love. the language of love. L'amour, oui. C'est les le langue de l'amour. Oui. C'est
1: la vie. C'est la
0: vie. Wait, no, that's, oui, that's oui, Spanish. Oui, 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 oui. <laughs> uh, mon premier bien film, bien film bien. que je présente en le podcast act est un film de Jean-Pierre Jonnet c'est uh, Le film Amelie.
2: Oh, Amelie!
0: <laughs> yes, it's Amelie. Well done. Ethan. Um, thank you. I I haven't taken French, and well, it's been two years, and I still was able to crack that out. All right, uh, Amelie. Love this film. Uh, it's it's such an amazing film, especially for the the introverted. You know, uh, I said in my review, this was like a call to the a call to action to introverts. You know, because it's. You never really see this dynamic before. It's like two two shy people and the director Jean-Pierre Jeunet really goes into like the their psyche through like editing and sound design where these little steps that these two take into like courting each other are like they're like cosmic, you know? We we see what they see and we feel how they feel and how like how crazy it is for them, you know? Um I love how bombastic this film is. It's incredibly warm. It's a beautiful looking film. I love the coloring. Um It's not an that, incel movie. It's it's not an incel movie because it's telling you to like be brave, you know? Um, when it comes to romance. And that's just something I really appreciate. And I don't really I, I don't really see I don't really see and when I do see it, I don't think it's tackled all that well because like you said, Brandon, sometimes it can be incel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. uh so this is not an incel movie uh but it's it's just a delight it's an absolute delight what do you guys think about amelie um, Watched together sure. i know
1: i <laughs> uh, but i i had seen it in high school i remember actually turning it on one morning and then my parents came home from like grocery shopping and it's that scene where everybody's having the orgasms across the world you know oh, yeah
2: <laughs>
1: uh, and they were like what movie are you watching and I'm like a French film and they're like that explains it. But no. <laughs> um I genuinely have a great opinion of this movie. It was kind of what got me into foreign film as a kid other than The Intouchables, which is also French. Oh, love
0: it. Um
1: and what what I really like about Amelie is how magical it is. Like it feels like um even though it's grounded in a sense of grimy reality, the way the film looks is like luminous. Like it it has so much lighting um, to it that really pops, pops off the screen. It's like the characters are always sort of glowing, but especially the protagonist, Amelie. And you really get to see how she, like you mentioned how she and her, the person she likes feel about each other through visual storytelling and very surrealist imagery. Uh, such as her fading into a puddle that's a famous sequence from the film it's like her collapsing in on herself but not only is it a film about their love it's a it's about societal love and how you know people have been affected by divorce and physical attachments but also like people who randomly meet in real life like there's her friend at the at the shop she works at who falls in Mm -hmm. love with the patron who always goes there and it's a very interesting dissection of like love as a concept
2: yeah i remember when we watched this movie together like i was really taken aback by like obviously Ethan. like we you mentioned how um like the i feel like the formless elements of this film are like completely inseparable from it's like more thematic like you know bits and pieces i think it's so like beautiful it's such a beautifully done film i think like it does a great job of a kind of like externalizing romance into the right. world that it's been creating there's something so beautiful about these kind of like vibrant and like almost like hyper surrealist, like colors. Absolutely. Um, the reds and the greens that yeah, are the like reds and the deep, greens, especially. Yeah. Deeply yeah. saturated. Like, and I think it like, it has a really beautifully like beautiful, like timeless message about like love and, you know, like, and how it pervades over like human existence. I feel like in a weird way, I remember like reading something about how like, on some level, everything humans do is in some way um linked to a desire for love, whether that be romance or platonic or, you know, social or whatever. Um and yeah, I think this movie does a really great job of talking about how like, you know, um there's like all like people are interconnected by this concept of love. Um yeah. and like it's just so like it's very enlightening. It's a very like Euphoric movie, I feel like that. I think when you put on, you've kind of like you can't help but fall in love with existence in the world. Yeah, um, it's a very positive movie. I feel like, and I feel like um, a lot of films, especially nowadays, where we're kind of, I feel like our culture is a lot more cynical now. So I don't feel like you get a lot of films kind of like this anymore. Oh yeah. Um, so it's nice to have a little something that might have a little bit more of a beautiful like screw it, it's a movie. Let's have fun and make it wonderful. Kind of vibe yeah. to it and yeah i think this is great there's such a unique energy to it like it's
1: almost like the director has captured something that is very special and different in comparison to a lot of different romance movies especially at the time yeah uh like t- to the point where it's like you can definitely tell his his or her i forget style as um as you go through his filmography i think he also did a film called Delicatessen, which is very recognizable if you've seen screenshots of uh, that versus Amelie. Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention is one of my favorite romances, which I did not choose, uh, About Time. The main character, Tim, Tim has a uh, poster of it in his Amelie, in his bedroom. (sighs) And I think that's really telling based on the plot of the movie and the, the journey his character takes. Mm-hmm. considering it's very it, it almost parallels Amelie's to a certain extent as he is an introvert as well
0: did you know that Jean-Pierre Jeunet he directed Alien Resurrection
1: I did the director That's of Amelie very...
0: directed an alien movie
1: and like wow. one of the insane most insane ones
0: yeah okay <laughs> interesting interesting all right Brandon what's your first film
1: uh this is one of my f- favorite modern romantic comedies. I saw this three times in theaters in 2012. Uh and everybody whenever they're like, "Wait, this is a romance movie." And I'm like, "Of course it is, you idiots. It's Silver Linings Playbook."
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh Have you guys seen this movie? Just check No, I haven't.
0: No, I haven't. I remember it, what, what? It came out 20, 2012, right?
1: Yes, it was nominated for best picture and you don't see many romances or romantic comedies that really place at such a high level as the academy awards and yes we we've discussed we're going to discuss on this podcast how yeah even though the academy awards are prestigious they don't always have the best choices but i feel like they made a excellent call here this is a human drama about bradley cooper's character who's going through a mental breakdown mental episode when his wife cheats on him and he is basically sent to this insane asylum right or not a insane asylum, but like a rehab clinic because of what he does in response to that. And when he gets out, I think it's like a year later, you know, he is confronted with a world that is like very cold because of his, his bipolar disorder and how he doesn't really feel like anybody can match him. And then he meets Jennifer Lawrence's character. And this is kind of where I kind of like, began loving jennifer lawrence as a actress now i can't say she's been doing yeah. a lot of great films recently outside of like mother but like her in this movie she completely deserves the oscar she's so charismatic she and bradley cooper have such great chemistry and it feels like a romance that actually could happen in the real world because it isn't all like fluffy flowers and whatever this is there's some dark stuff here about mental illness and about people getting along who wouldn't normally get along in a normal world um but that's not like it's not magical the way they get together you know it although you don't expect it it totally works um and yeah i i really need to show you guys this movie i thought you had seen it
0: <laughs> no i i'm surprised yeah i didn't really i don't know why i had i didn't go out to see it. i mean i wasn't really really into cinema back in 2012 you know and then I remember it, like the hype around it was huge, you know, and just, about I guess about around the time that like I started getting into films and stuff like that, like no one really talked about it, but I know, I know it's up there in your top 100, so what is it, even like your top 20 films of all time or something like that. Uh, I, it's yeah,
1: endlessly I it rewatchable, out. dude. It's like very easy yeah. to like just pop in any day.
2: Okay, cool. Chris? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I haven't seen this movie either. I think, kind of in the same way with Ethan, in a sense of like it was a 2012, and I think I really only started getting my hands into like the world of cinema in like 2014. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it just kind of passed me by. And like, the title is always like I've always known the title. I know Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper are in it. I know it's a very accomplished film, and it's, um, you know, it's throughout award season and whatnot. But it just kind of evaded me for a while. Um, and, yeah, Brian, I had no idea this was a romance film. I thought it was a movie about football. Hey, uh, it, it's it
1: got football elements to it, but it's not a football movie. It's not a sports movie. Um, but also, Chris, I've got two words that are going to help you watch this movie. I'm Batman. No, what no, no. Chris <laughs> Tucker. Oh, really? Chris Tucker, Jesus. Robert De Niro, uh, Jackie Weaver, the... Uh, uh, I think Russ or T- or whatever his name is, Tito Ortiz, Russ or is one of those guys.
0: All right. So sorry, everybody. A little technical difficulties there. Uh, Brandon got really just like excited about um, Chris Silver Tucker. Lang's playbook and he just and Chris Tucker. And he just yeeted his microphone through the, out the window. So we had to take a second for him to go get it. But we're back now. And well, we're going to just go right on to Chris, your second pick of your romantic movie stack. Cool.
2: So hit it. Right. Well, I'm sure you guys—you guys must have seen this movie coming. I have spoken very highly of this film for years. It was shall I Brandon has told me this was a gateway drug of a film for him <laughs> to oh my introduce God. him into the world of anime. <laughs> uh, it's a film directed by Makoto Shinkai in 2016. It's Your Name. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, and uh, Your Name is one of the most popular anime films to ever come out of Japan, especially now. Um, I believe it is one of the highest-grossing, if not the highest-grossing anime film ever made. Um, well, And yeah, it follows the story of Mitsuha and Taki, who um, are quite literally star-crossed lovers. Mitsuha growing up in rural Japan and Taki in the heart of Tokyo. And it's a film where one day they wake up um but in each other's bodies and at first they think it's a dream but soon they realize they're actually taking control of the body of someone who actually does exist now there's a lot of twists and turns a lot of japanese mythology woven into it um but what really lies at the heart of this film is this incredibly um like expressionistic and lovable romantic and just all around like just you can just feel how much like this film understands about like what it is to feel a sense of longing and desire for someone. Yeah. Um And yeah, it just woven in so beautifully. I think the animation in this film is some of the best animation I've ever seen, period. Um, we yeah. always speak very highly about how anime food looks amazing and looks always look, just looks amazing. But Brandon and I have always talked about how Bakuto Shinkai's works, always make it look <laughs> doubly delicious. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah and like you know all i ever want to do is just wa- like when i watch this movie just like you know just really just immerse myself in this world and it's so beautiful and it's so full of just like love and just i don't know i i could go on forever about this movie but what do you guys think
0: yeah uh it's cinema it's it's cinema i was the one uh who watched this film the last out of us was introduced to it the last and it's just, it's such a cool film about like, uh, I guess just like noticing the little stuff in life, you know, like through mm-hmm. this sort of this body swap, like uh, plot line, you know, like characters have to sort of like notice things that they didn't really notice before in their lives, you know, because yeah. they're like, it's kind of like what we talked about in soul, but this works because, you know, it's a two, two people, of the same race and sort of not experiencing like meaning of life, but like of love, you know? um but they're like they're sort of like going into other people's shoes and it's just like it's beautiful because they they sort of not only like get an appreciation for each other but for life overall and it's a beautiful looking film it's one of the most beautifully animated films i've seen uh the score is great we talked about it in the film scores episode and um it's got a killer twist let me just say like i I don't want to spoil like what the reveal is in this movie because, like, I don't know if he's if you really see it coming the first time you see it. And it's yeah. just like it's it's insane, it's insane. Brandon, what do you think about your
1: name? Um, it's a it's got a big twist, like, uh, <laughs> Sally Gardner at the Cow cal- has a big shut twist. up. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, I think this movie is really good. I think, uh, it's a story more about friendship to begin with, honestly, like people how how they've come to become accustomed to another way of living and thus mm-hmm. find a friend because of it, even though like they really don't know that person. So it is a very unique animated romance, uh, unique romance entirely, because you don't really see this played upon in the body swap genre ever. Uh, So I, I really like it. It's a bit tragic, but I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I've always, like, joked, like, this is the biggest simp movie ever made. Oh, it's pretty simp. Um, and can can we... Should we talk spoilers, or should we just not? I think we think?
1: should leave it.
2: Okay. Because, like, I guess,
1: Ethan, I feel like if, like, they're gonna get the full weight of the movie, it'll hit them when they watch it.
2: Yeah. yeah. I guess um, one thing I'll add without spoiling it is, like, the movie is, like, I think it's a very ethereal movie. It's one that I think makes oh, yeah. you just, like, you feel very connected to, you know, um, emotions just in general throughout this movie. And, like, I think one thing that it does beautifully that I haven't seen very many films do before is, like, talking about how, like, me- about this idea of memory and how, like, as time and space moves on, like, memories become passerbys and then eventually kind of fade from existence for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
2: and yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it has a beautiful message on that. And um, I, I could not recommend this movie enough, to be honest. I think it's so inventive and so beautiful, like, throughout all of the entire runtime.
0: Yeah, I think it is good, like, uh, if you want to get into sort of m- anime outside of Ghibli, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is there is a few, as Aiden puts it in his review on Letterboxd, I just looked anime-isms that, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. in terms of, like, it's... Uh, melodrama you know but i i think you know that's just that's par for the course and there's there's more to it in this film so i definitely yeah recommend it um hey speaking of anime (laughs) and speaking of films we've already talked about before and uh speaking of films we've already talked before on the films and scores episode the film scores episode uh, oh my next pick (laughs) yeah what a what a weird coincidence is um is directed by uh, uh, Tomomi Mochizuki and it's 1993's Ocean Waves. Now, the first time I talked about this movie, interesting. Yeah, it you think it, very interesting. <laughs> so, the first time when you watch this movie, you're like, this isn't really romantic, you know? Like, what's going on here? And then you realize, uh, I don't know, it's not really a spoiler. It's just like you watch this film and the relationship between these two characters and you don't really see it as romantic. And then at the end of the film, it's sort of like they realize that they've, they had, they loved each other for all this time, you know? So when I watched it the first time, I was like, you know, this movie's, this movie's fine, you know? Uh, but upon rewatch, knowing that like these characters, the whole, like that they loved each other throughout this whole film, it just like, it made it really all the more special for me. Like, I don't know, it just showed a really real relationship where uh these two this these two characters like they'd be angry at each other. They'd be annoyed. They wouldn't they don't understand what like other characters are doing, like why they'd be doing things. And that's just like that just felt really real to me, you know? But mm-hmm. it's also like with the beautiful soundtrack that I talked about and it's uh the art style. It's a beautiful looking film. It just like I don't know, it just creates like I think nostalgia is a big part of this film because it's about like memory and looking to the past and, um, the nostalgia of high school and realizing something, uh, that you had that you've sort of lost, you know? And it's, I, I, I don't know. I, when I saw this again, I think I watched this. I watched this again, uh, on the day of the Capitol insurrection, you know, during the riots and I got I got drunk and I was like, what the fuck is going on in our country right now? And I just like, I'm just gonna watch some anime, man. Who cares? And I put this on and I I was weeping by the end of the film. I'm not going to lie. It's I, I don't think a movie has ever like got like, I don't think I've ever raised a score higher on the film than watching ocean waves. You know, I are, I loved its score, but then like I gained a whole new appreciation for the narrative. So yeah, ocean waves, Brandon, I know we talked about the score, but what do you think about the film overall?
1: Unlike my friend Ethan here, I've always liked the narrative for this movie. Um, it's not, it wasn't the, <laughs> it wasn't the score that carried it for me. I think a lot of people may look at mid nineties Ghibli work like ocean waves and only yesterday and maybe even Pompoko and think these are slower, boring, uh, very humanistic dramas Mm-hmm. And they may not be able to like find that connection that like they would normally with like a Miyazaki, which has like magicalness to it, you know. And but this is like realistic and grounded, and it is other than The Wind Rises and From Up on Poppy Hill, the most grounded uh Ghibli movie, I yeah. think. And that's because of like when it's said and what it's evoking. Like this sense of the romantic sense here is realistic as hell. Like you feel the characters and their, their journey. Mm-hmm. Um to kind of I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not right. gonna say more about that. I was I almost dead. Yeah. But like the ending of this movie, the last like 10, 15 minutes, are really good. Uh because yeah. they capture something that I think a lot of people our age are probably feeling about the past as well as the future. I think that's a good way of putting it.
0: It's it's a very good film for us right now in our moment. And like as we're we're coming up on graduating college, you know, we're Mm -hmm. looking back on sort of our whole young adult life. And this like I don't know, this story just really cemented well with me right now. I know I know Chris you haven't seen it, but like I got I gotta recommend it. If you're I know you're gonna go through Ghibli movies soon now that you got that HBO Max. Yeah. definitely recommend this one super underrated
2: yeah i mean like based on what you said Ethan, like you were talking about how like this film has such a sense of longing and mm-hmm. uh melancholy and nostalgia and i think like funnily enough that's also like the like one of the key emotions or some of the key emotions that are explored in your name as well and i feel yeah. like that's like that's almost like a very modern thing almost I feel. or like maybe even timeless in a sense of like i feel like um people like, especially artists, I feel like are very obsessed with this idea of nostalgia and melancholy. I think our art, this art form is, is very much concerned with time and how, like, you know, things kind of pass you by and the idea of revisiting history or pressing forward into the future. Like, I don't know. Um, but that's all very, yeah. like... what The way you described this film to me sounded very romantic. Like, it had that kind of, um, like beautiful euphoric love to it but it also had that kind of pessimistic nostalgia i guess in a weird way um and yeah i i mean like this sounds i don't know would you say like this is the most your namey a um a ghibli film gets
1: no what
2: would Uh, that be then what would you
1: say because like i feel like your name is like a totally different like tone and like sense of like like I feel like in terms of like romance, they're they're similar because of the ages of the protagonists, but I feel like the journey to get there is just so different in comparison. Like there's a sense of realism to this, and I feel like with Your Name, it's not really grounded in any form of realism. Right. So I don't. Well, are you saying like the most e- Your things. Name, the emotional parts? I don't think I so. Think the, I think that I in think in terms of so. the relationship
0: dynamics maybe. I think I it's
1: I think it's much more subtle. I think your name is a lot like anim- like Aiden said, there's a lot of animeisms like <laughs> in the emotions yeah. of the characters whereas like the characters in Ocean Waves are like expressive but not in a way that is um uh, melodramatic. Mm.
2: Doesn't mean it's okay. a bad thing. It just means it's a different nah. different yeah. tone. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's like the difference yeah. between like um, like outwardly expression outward expression versus like sublime like subtext I guess is kind of
1: the idea well there's um, there's some subtext, but then there's also like you know they just don't
2: over well yeah there' there's interweaving between them I mean like your name has beautiful sequences of silent like you know introspection um mm-hmm. and I'm sure this movie also has some moments of absolute like just romanticism, but yeah you know, okay that's that's really interesting to like. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right
1: well brandon let's go into your second pick is it already me it's already you buddy what do you got well then i've got my my 1955 pick uh, <laughs> all right best picture winner from that year marty 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 mart is it wait martin no 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 milton Milhouse. Marty. marty millhouse so this movie, Marty. <laughs> <he's just that. laughs> so this movie won Best Picture in 1955, and this is a more a movie that would not normally win Best Picture. I believe it's one of the only f- romances that has ever won Best Picture. Uh, it basically just follows a normal guy who is living with his mom in the 1950s, and he's like in his 30s or 40s or something like that, and he basically has had a hard time finding somebody to marry. Because he feels like he has a lot of expectations on him from his mother and from his mother's friends and from his own friends about who he dates. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this movie tapped into something in me that I was not expecting when I first watched it. Because, like, I feel like I did the same thing with my relationships and my sense of choosing a partner. Like, I always would run it by somebody. And if they didn't like somebody, I sometimes felt, like, obligated to not. Have that person like or go out with that person or have that person match with me on a dating app. Right. Because I just felt like, well, if this doesn't make somebody I love happy, like familiarly, then maybe I should Mm -hmm. match with them. Right. But this film kind of tackles that idea and how this guy sort of comes to terms with it when he meets this girl who everybody in the everybody in his life thinks is not very pretty. She's very plain looking. She's not like a Marilyn Monroe type. Um, but in fact, she's like, she's just a smart, kind, funny individual who gets along with this all, this guy who wouldn't necessarily be considered an attractive person for his time, right? He's not a Cary Grant. He's not a Jimmy Stewart. Right. And I loved this relationship and how they connected. It's a short, like, 80 to 90 minute movie where it just it has them going on a date and he kind of overcomes this flaw he has and it's really understated and strong and i highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it yet
0: oh man that i man, i
1: i've seen posters and
0: i know this is like uh critically acclaimed but i've never really known what the film is about you know um that's super interesting to, to like to that this kind of movie was made in the 1950s where like sort of uh romance in the movie star was so like glorified you know to
1: have sort of a romance movie about just like they just look like two normal people you know they are and, and yeah. that's like the best thing about it right it's like so often I think in movies we're conditioned for the magical and yeah. some I love magical romantic comedy sometimes but this one is just really grounded you know mm-hmm. um I I think it's just surprising that the Academy jumped for it when they did, because it doesn't in comparison to a lot of the films that were being awarded at that time, like this does not fit with their MO. <laughs> <just>
0: right. <laughs> but, wow.
2: But Chris, Chris, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen this movie either. Like I think um this, this era of Hollywood, especially is like kind of, um, you know, it's become kind of a relic to like, I think modern audiences like there's a very there's very much like a a tone I feel like that you get with these kinds of movies, especially way back then. And I don't know, like based on what you were describing, Brandon, it sounded to me like a very like, I I don't know how to put it better than like, do you guys remember when we watched Singing in the Rain like way back when in, mm-hmm. um, no, in yeah. um film aesthetics and you could feel how that era of filmmaking and whatever that like how that imparted itself onto the audience and how like much fun everyone was having with it. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this movie had a similar effect, but uh, at least in my impression of what you, based on my impression of what you said, and it has this kind of like, I don't know how to describe, but it has that kind of like twist to it. That is like pertaining to like, what when did you say this was made in the fifties? Fifty five. 55. Yeah. I don't know. There's something kind of like romantic about that era in kind of like I don't know, there's something about that era that I think rings very romantic with me. Um, you know, like the Roaring Twenties known for being wild and fun. And then like, you know, all, like every era kind of has its own thing. But like the 50s on some level, some, like at least like this kind of like classical kind of looking thing um, r- reminds me very much of a romance. So, yeah, that sounds interesting to
1: me. If you think of it, like there aren't many film. I think the 50s is the time when cinema was starting to trans transform into something new i think in the 40s mm-hmm. and 30s the production code kind of shaped what was coming out and they weren't yeah. really taking a lot of risk in terms of like certain films but in the 50s and 60s you started to see more edgy features that didn't really depict the suburban nature of the times right. like um it, marty for example it doesn't feel like a movie that the should be made in the 1950s because everybody considers it to be this era after the war where everybody the era i think it's the era of good feeling where everybody settles down and is like even though the korean war happened like it was like a peacetime right uh, mm-hmm. where like people just got along and had a bunch of kids there was the baby boom as a result of it right um so it, it just feels absurdly quiet and i think you do get that sense of magic from the film because of how classical it is like um i I wouldn't say necessarily it's it's not a colored color film. it's a a black and white feature, but i I do think it carries a similar sense of like um it's very it's very hard to say, Chris, you're right. um uh, it's a a romantic nostalgia air er, nostalgic feeling for that time when everything was quote-unquote peacetime and easy and everybody can focus on their family and this middle-class nature and yeah. i think this movie just came at the right time in the right place to capture that feeling in a realistic manner all right yeah
0: a nice golden a golden era romance film for our podcast there
2: all right let's get into our final round here chris you want to kick us off with your yep. last pick well i actually decided to change mine in the middle one of my final one at the end of this episode because i realized <gasps> that so yeah this one is i believe this is a, fre- a completely fresh pick actually you don't know um, it's a <laughs> um it's a 2004 film directed by michelle gondry
1: oh it's
2: eternal sunshine of the spotless mind dude double stack <laughs> Oh, no way. Double stack. Yeah, <laughs> did you yeah, do double this? stack. Did no, you I swear. I swear this? we didn't no! find this one. This did one you, was hot Did plan. you do
1: this to, to get at me for picking such great romance films? <laughs>
2: what? You're, you're, you're done, Bernie Yeah,
0: dude. we've been secretly texting you. I'm like, Chris, whatever you do, just pick Eternal Sunshine. We need it doesn't to matter. Stop. <laughs> um, no, I love that you picked this film. Yeah, let's talk about it.
2: Yeah, so um, this movie is, I think Michel Gondry's like, masterpiece. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, Brandon is a big fan of Be Kind Rewind and uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of The Green Hornet but that's a different topic. Damn um, it. It, yeah but okay Eternals and Spotless Mind. It's a beautiful like movie about memory melancholia and you know it just I think it kind of, it kind of tackles this idea of like the perseverance of love over everything at the end of the day and it's so it's romantic but it also has this like really surrealist like like switch on it you know Michelle gondry's known for kind of his dreamlike um you know aesthetics and very much a very much of of director concerned with the sensation that cinema gives you um and i think this is a great example of how he's able to yeah. like articulate certain things and able to manifest emotions in this audience through nothing more than like just showing a guy like you know trying to recollect memories of his you know of his um relationship and i don't know i just think it's so beautiful um and i yeah i don't know ethan what do you have to say about this movie
0: yeah so going into this episode i knew i was gonna pick uh a michelle Gondry film because i just i don't know i love how he depicts romance uh so i was i was going back and forth between this one and the science of sleep and even though i think like the science of sleep i like I fall for the like the romance a bit more in that one, even though it's like a little one-sided, you know. Mm-hmm. But I just like I, I don't know. I like the complexity of that relationship in that film. But I love what Michelle Michelle Gondry like sort of tackles in this film in terms of like uh, philosophy and like free will, you know, where you have these characters who erase each other from their memories, and throughout the film they slowly like. Without knowing it, rebuild this relationship that they already had, you know. So it it sort of asks questions about like, um, are certain things in our lives already predetermined, you know? Like, are these two like meant to be together? And it's it's an interesting discussion. And like, he's a very uh, he loves to deal with the subconscious, Michelle Gondry, yeah. you know. Very, so
2: very introspective movie.
0: Yeah, so we have like this weird journey of going through Jim Carrey's mind, you know, and his in his memories while well. he's like, he's trying to save, you know, Clementine uh from being erased again, you know, and it's just, it's yeah, it's super melancholic film. Uh, it's it's pretty. I, I feel like it's very iconic visually, you know, like you get that that shot of the beach during winter and stuff like that, like of Jim Carrey underneath the table as a little boy, <laughs> which is yeah. really funny. It, it's like it's got a lot of great humor too, you know? Like, yeah. it's surprisingly funny for how sad it is.
2: There's a scene in this movie where they're like laying down on the floor and stargazing mm-hmm. and that scene like melts me every time. Like, it yeah. just it just. this movie turns me into a bit of a mess because like it, it really <laughs> is just like, it kind of strips away the physicality of um of relationships and kind of turns it into something a bit more like emotionally like introspective and like I think it it's it's a movie that I think like makes you want to like you know laugh and cry and dance and just like in the fullest capacity like just you know just to live as shall I say if I were to quote the witch as deliciously as possible that's a, uh,
1: such a weird choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> How um, different these two films are. Would <laughs> thou like to
2: live fergaliciously?
0: Ooh, oh, fergalicious! Now that's better. Now this movie is certifiably fergalicious. <laughs> Can we replace the
1: the Rotten Tomatoes meter with the fergalicious meter? And it's just fergalicious, it's
2: fergalicious. Yeah. Brandon, what do you what do you think of this movie?
1: Uh, this kind of makes up the trio of very surreal filmmakers we have in Hollywood this, this century or th- yeah, this century, early century, 21st century, uh, Charlie Kaufman, <laughs> Spike Jones, and Michelle Gondry, yeah. each of which very much handles existentialism. And they've worked with each other on various films, right? So Charlie Kaufman yeah. wrote this movie. If I'm, I think I'm correct. In I think century. so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you really get a, you get his very depressing style in it. Very mm-hmm. much so, but he it's upheld. Um, the The film is upheld by the optimisticness and the magical nature of Michel Gondry, right? So right. whereas like Anomalisa for Charlie Kaufman is kind of a devastating romance because he mm-hmm. directed and wrote that film, uh, this is a very hopeful one. Even though what is happening in the film is quite sad, really. Um, yeah, as like they both have erased memories of you know events Mm -hmm. and the their characters have great chemistry. I think that's a thing that is definitely necessary in a good romantic film. But it also has to have like a realistic sort of ending that you feel works for both characters. It doesn't necessarily have to be they get together in the rain and kiss like in the notebook or um I know that's not the ending of the film, but I'm just referencing it. Or it doesn't have to be totally dire. And depressing, like something like Anomalis' Ending, which I won't spoil if you guys have not seen that film. But uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoy this movie. It's a it's a really good romance, so I'm glad you picked it.
0: Hell yeah.
1: All right. We haven't had a well, double stack. That was in a while. double stack.
2: We were on a dry streak on double stacks for I a didn't, bit. Didn't no, I had yeah. one last week. Who'd you have Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, you had one with yeah, Michael. Yeah, one one that's right. Michael. That's right. That
0: that was such an epically long episode, I forgot. <laughs> 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 Epic movies. Check it out, everyone. All right, yep. Brandon, let's Brandon. wrap this up with your last pick.
1: Well, it. I split the difference between a modern uh, romantic comedy and older romantic drama. And I chose something right, not in the exact middle, but from the 1990s, 1999s, 10 Things I Hate About You, starring oh. Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Oof. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, great. i love love this movie yeah so this is uh this is based on a a shakespeare play called the taming of a shrew which i have not read i think that's right chris is can can you double check that yeah Yeah. i keep talking i'll I'll Uh, you know all right but this movie is basically following a high school student who falls for a guy who really isn't a lot like her and the reason why this movie works is because of how it depicts high school and how it depicts romantic relationships. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm correct. Okay, good. Um <laughs> I have not I have not read it yet, but I want to. Um <laughs> and it's very interesting to see these characters kind of interact with one another in this world because in some cases it is kind of magical their their adventures of falling in love and going on dates and such because it's so unexpected. Um the whole point of her trying to be in this relationship in the first place is just to I, I guess she wants to be happy, but other people want her to basically suffer because of how much of a bitch she is. <laughs> and they <laughs> basically say this guy, this, this guy played by Heath Ledger. Uh, he, he can, uh, he, he, you, he can date you, you know, but she doesn't know that it's like this whole thing. Uh, so basically she's really falling in love with him while he is tasked to fall in love with her. And in a sense, that is so sad. But Mm -hmm. what you really start to see is like they really begin to care for each other over time genuinely. And even though that is a betrayal to the way, you know, most romantic comedies are in which they magically meet one night and then fall in love forever. uh, This allows the film to kind of have the ups and downs of what a real relationship is like, even if it is one formed out of bullying and teasing. Chris, Mm -hmm. what do you think?
2: yeah i mean like i think it's a it's a film that straddles the line between like emotional abuse and like you know kind of like that that kind of like how do i put it like for lack of a better word high school bullshit that i think a lot of people are immersed in especially in like public schools um and yeah i mean like i i remember i watched this movie with joey just like on a whim one night um like a couple months ago and like i remember just being very much immersed in it i i really just kind of like it had this kind of energy that i think in like the 90s like was so like vibrant and powerful um it kind of just had this sense of pace and you know excitement to it and like i i really love like what the cast does i mean like um julia styles and this is this joseph gordon levitt's first film it's one, one of his first
1: of his films. First films. Okay. He's, great. He's
2: so tiny in this movie. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, as you guys as you guys know, I love Joker. I mean, I love Heath Ledger. God damn it! I love Joker, <laughs> dude. Joker was so good in
0: this movie. Here are ten things I hate about you.
2: <laughs> Number ten. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like Heath Ledger is one of my favorite actors ever, and I think he delivers a beautiful performance here um and no i think it's just like it's just a lot of fun honestly i mean there's that scene where um he's trying to like get the girl and he's like singing to her as he's running down like the stairs by the football field and i don't know i just found it so like i don't know there's something rebelliously romantic about this movie i suppose i don't know how else to put it better than that but it's pretty punk rock chris yeah, it's it's kind of out there. But, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is the M.O. of this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, Ethan, what do you think? Have you seen this movie? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I've seen this movie many times. Uh, I gotta agree, like, very punk rock and roll. I mean, like, the title Hate is not it. So, like, you know, hating things is a very punk rock thing. Um, I just, I love how, c- how cerebral of a movie this is, you know? When you mm-hmm. think about the dynamic between Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger here um i think my favorite scene in the film is like when they're at the park and they're arguing you know Mm. it's just like a very emotional okay i haven't seen this film (laughs) it was a joker's trick i have not seen this movie (laughs) yeah so i haven't seen this movie uh but it sounds interesting
1: there was no scene where they were talking in the park and that's how i knew you were bullshitting i love joker there is a scene where they're at a paintball field (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, i wrote this down for a movie night so we're, we're good you
0: wrote this down for a movie yeah. night well i'm excited to check it out i know i, I think did you guys walk, watch this with like joey and Tori or i don't know or, i i yeah, didn't i saw it in the i Xbox watched it with. Like that.
2: i just watched it with joey
0: oh, okay yeah that's that's how i remember it on my letterbox feed anyways okay great pick great pick all right there is our list of romantic movies before we go down and hashing out the final stack Fellas, let's go through and list what our picks were. Remind the audience. All right, Chris, kick it off.
2: Yep. My films were 500 Days of Summer, Your Name, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind.
0: Okay. Brandon?
2: I had
1: Marty, 10 Things I Hate About You, and why did I forget it? <laughs> Silver Lang's Playbook. Thank you. Silver Lines <laughs> Playbook. My, one of my favorite- Again, out of- why is it that's why don't throw do it out of order people
0: yeah come on keep it in the order all right even though we did this whole in out of order anyways uh and my films were amelie ocean waves and like chris eternal sunshine the spotless mind all right so we know eternal sunshine is going to be on this list i gotta i got a pitch here i got a pitch God. um so i think i i am really uh interested in Marty. I think we need to have sort of a classic romantic film, you know, mm-hmm. from the from the the classic Hollywood era and that's the only one that we have really pitched here, you know. Um so I'd love to see that one on the list, you know. It's a it's a unique to that era. Okay. Um and then since Chris and I have both chosen anime romance movies, I think your name should be on this list because I feel like that's the one uh, the three of us have seen, we all really enjoy that one, you know. And I think it does have a really like you said, they're literally star-crossed lovers in this movie, and it's just like...
2: It's a yeah. it's a great experience. And I honestly can't think of a list I would use this on more than romance. Because this, yeah. to me, this is my... This is my romance movie, like, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I don't okay. know. Brandon, do you have an opposition to that? Or...
1: I like your name as a movie more. I just don't think it fits as much into the romantic movie category as some films that we also have. But... I will concede. Yeah? Yeah.
0: And then Eternal Sunshine, we sort of have the more modern uh, philosophical, you know, love story here about, like, destiny. And uh, it's sort of a bit subversive in the romance genre. You don't really see something so melancholic, you know. It's our our more melancholic pick, this.
1: Actually, I'm going to pick a Woody Allen film. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) did he freeze
0: i'm just gonna pick the movie of woody allen's life in the from the past 20 years
1: what what a romance so romantic (laughs) so romantic (laughs) not a good one
0: (laughs) all right but do we like that order i think starting with marty and then going to your name and ending with eternal sunshine or should we end with your name because i don't know that the ending of that
2: was kind of i think I think Your Name has, I think that, that's a great, I think Your Name has a great end off because it uh-huh. I don't know, it has like that kind of like, it's kind of uplifting and I think that's a great tone to end off Valentine's Day on.
0: Yeah.
2: One could what say. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, One could say. Yeah. Got a pitch for
1: the. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, well, I think, uh, let's yeah, hit it off. It's better to, let's get it on. I've been really trying. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get it on.
0: All right. This is Stacks official 2021, February 13th. Mark the date. Mark the time. This came out at 10 a.m. on February uh, 13th. Or no, February 12th. Excuse me. Uh, Whatever. This is our romance movie's final stack. (laughs) Starting with Brandon.
1: Marty. A film about expectations. A film about real, true love. I hope you all love Marty.
0: (laughs) Marty! And our next film is Michelle Gondry's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, a film that sort of uh, breaks down the philosophy of love and what it is to, like, have a soulmate and be destined through this thought experiment of what if you were able uh, to erase certain memories of people and this uh, complex uh, couple and, like, the mistakes they, made, they make and how they get back together through this weird science fiction story.
2: And our final film is Makoto Shinkai's Your Name, a body-switching movie uh, about star-crossed lovers and a movie that also is incredibly eth- ethereal. Um, and a movie... Oh, God, there's so much to say. Um, it's a movie <laughs> about passers-by, memories fading, and is just an incredibly romantic and sensational, sensationalized film about time and space and the perseverance of love against all odds
0: boom couldn't have said it better myself and there you have it everyone there is our final stack uh thank you all for listening to this episode of stack i hope you're gonna have a good valentine's weekend you know i'm gonna be uh moving boxes my valentine's weekend because i'm switching houses this weekend uh so i hope you you and also during these weird times i hope you do have uh a creative way to celebrate your love with your partner if you have one you know and if you don't that's okay your your time will come and if you don't want one then hey that's okay too just like hang out you know order yourself a pizza listen to stacked with us you know yeah go back to do, do what we so did
2: we watched gone girl together for about time <laughs> don't do that
1: don't do that don't do that you could don't break up do- with your significant other after that movie.
0: yeah brandon and i broke up after we watched that movie I, I
1: told you not to say